Hey, this is John Legadakis, and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of a conference call that I do each week with other internet marketers where we talk about how we can market our products and services better, get more traffic, and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. I've got a very special guest with me today. I have Diane Gardner, a tax coach. Welcome, Diane. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. John, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really looking forward to our interview. Yeah, likewise, Diane. And for the benefit of our listeners, I'll tell, I'll tell you all a bit about Diane. So Diane Gardner is an ta- uh, expert tax coach, Quilly Award recipient and best-selling author, whose proactive planning approach gives clients a leg up on Uncle Sam and helps them dodge the tax bullet. Diane saves small business clients between $5,000 and $50,000 in as little as 60 minutes. Her tax coaching sessions have resulted in a combined savings of over $700,000 to date. Hard-earned profits small business owners would have given to the government by overpaying taxes. Diane is a licensed, enrolled agent, certified profit-first professional, an accredited tax preparer and has elite certification as a certified tax coach. Diane is also the co-author of the best-selling books Stand Apart and Why Didn't My CPA Tell Me That. Diane's also authored six other books including her latest Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay and How to Stop It Now. And uh, Diane is from the small town of Rathdrum, Idaho. Diane, tell us a bit about growing up in a small town and what was your childhood like? Well, John, I grew up in a little small mining town not too far from here. And in the little small mining town, it was pretty well accepted that boys would go on to schooling of some sort, whether it be a trade or a technical school, maybe college. Girls would get married and have babies and be moms. So I remember going to my dad when I was a senior in high school and saying, Dad, I want to go on to college. And he looked at me and he said, why would I waste a college education on a girl? If you want to go to college, do it. And so I had to do it by myself. Right. So things have really changed in the last, um, I hate to say this, uh, 45 years or so. And uh, you know, it's funny, it reminded me of a movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. You see, I, I'm a, from a Greek background, just to remind me of a scene out of, that, out of that movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's very funny. Okay, so what were you like as a teenager, Diane? Have you always been sort of the entrepreneurial type? Not at all. I was so shy. I think if you looked at me, I probably turned red and melted into the ground, found a hole somewhere. Right. I was extremely shy. I was a, I would say a bookworm. I was very good in school, that type of thing. But I had, I, I'm completely different today. I have learned how to have a voice and I've learned how to put myself out there. It still isn't comfortable, but I've learned how to do it. When I first started my business, I was really good at hiding behind my desk. Mm. I'd sit there and work on a project all day long and make you look wonderful but nobody ever knew I existed. And I had to learn how to put myself out there, even though it does not come easy. I have to do it, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job of it. 
just based on the feedback and comments I get from people. And you're, uh, you mentioned you come from a, a mining town or you live close to a mining town. So was your father in the mining industry himself? He, he, was, he was an electrician for the big mine that was in our local town. Mm. So worked underground, worked above ground, worked a lot of overtime, taught us a very good work ethic, but also was the un, unseen, unspoken rule that if the only way to get ahead was just to work harder, work more hours, that type of thing, mm. which is we all know is not true in the entrepreneurial world. But it was a, I don't know what you call it, I don't want to call it a lie, but it was a, a false myth or whatever you want to call it. Because in the entrepreneurial world, we don't necessarily have to work longer hours to get ahead. We just have to be better at what we do and how we do it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. And what type of influence has your mother been on your life? My mother was a stay-at-home mom as we were younger. When she and my dad split up, she had to go to work. And the only kind of job she could find back at that point in time was a retail job working in a store. And I watched her trying to support children on minimum wage job. And that was the thing that said, that told me, you will go to college. You will get a degree in education. You will not ever get stuck in a minimum wage job trying Mm. to raise your family that way. Yeah. 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 Definitely see how that would have had an influence on you. Uh, and you have a family of yourself now, Diane. Tell us a bit about your family. I do. I have a husband, a daughter who's 25, and a little grandson who's four. Lovely. And so how, Diane, did you decide to become a tax coach? So is that what you decided from the beginning when you, were, when you made that decision to go to college that you were going to go into this area? Not at all. I knew I wanted to be an accountant, and I actually started out in the auditing department of an accounting firm. And after getting stuck there for probably two years, I was to the point I would do anything to get out of the auditing department. I hated it. It was mm. so boring. Right. And I, there was an opening to move over into the tax side of the business. And so I, I jumped over there. I knew nothing about income taxes other than the couple classes I had taken in college. And started learning how to do tax returns and thought, I like this part of it. There's more challenge to it. There's more interaction with the people. You're not just sitting there with a box of receipts that you're counting all day long yeah. or running endless, mindless tapes on things. So started out in more the tax side of the world, but in the compliance end of it. I didn't even know about tax planning until several years ago, but was concentrated all my efforts in bookkeeping and payroll and income tax preparation and all the compliance side of things. Well, that made me just like every other accountant out there. I was as boring as all the rest of them were. (laughs) And in 2008, 2009 here in the United States, we had a major recession. And in that major recession, I was losing clients just continually overnight they were going out of business because they were in the construction industry or they were somehow related to the real estate industry. Sorry, and and sorry to interrupt you there. But at this point, were you running your own business as? Yes, yes. Yeah, I had a business for 11 years in California and then decided to come home to Idaho because we had had a major earthquake down there that had just about leveled our town and just 
pretty almost killed me financially. So I came home to Idaho, kind of licking my wounds and started out again right. and had a, a small business going up here in Idaho. 2007, I bought my office building where my business is located Great. at the top of the market and then it crashed in 2008. Mm. And all of a sudden, I had more building than I had money. And yeah. you know, clients were dropping like flies. And so being the accountant that I was, I did not know how to market. We never had to as an accountant. If you were relatively good at all, you turned on your open side and people came to you. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't the case in 2008, 9, 10. You know, those years were such tough, tough years as I had to figure out, number one, who am I and how can to completely stand out from the crowd of other accountants and be able to carry the torch for tax planning and tax savings instead of just the compliance end of things. Now, I still do compliance work. We still do mm -hmm. tax return preps and bookkeeping and payroll and sales tax and all that stuff. But my lead in now is through my tax planning. And so it's put me into a whole different group of clientele. It's put me into a group of clientele of people who are making some money, some profit in their business, not people who can barely afford me. I'm having to chase them for payment all the time. So it's completely changed the way we do business. Yeah. And with the work you're doing, Diane, what's some of the biggest mistakes you see entrepreneurs and small business owners make that cost them dearly in taxes? John, probably the biggest mistake they make is they don't plan. They get so wrapped up in that business that they just keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and just keep doing what they do day after day after day. Then it comes time to file that tax return and they are shocked because they owe so much money and they didn't make their estimated payments along the way. And it's, it's a terrible time of year for them where if they will slow down long enough to hook up with an entrepreneurial accountant, somebody who is generally is a certified tax coach, they'll have somebody who can guide them through those landmines and help them minimize that tax liability through planning. Mm. And that makes night and day difference on their tax return. Yeah. And so what's some of the biggest things that you have to change? Like when you, when you start working with a new business and, and you're helping them, what do you find are the, the key things that you that you look for that you know that they're most probably not doing right? The first thing I like to do is I like to take a look at their entity type. Mm -hmm. I like to know are they operating as a as a sole proprietorship, a limited liability company, a partnership, an S corporation or a C corporation. And then I start doing an analysis to figure out is this the best entity type for where they are in their business because it may have been a great entity type a few years ago for them but their business has grown and developed and now they've outgrown that entity type and it's not giving them the maximum benefits that it was before then after that I start looking for different types of expenses that they might be paying out after tax that we could move into a pre-tax position and those examples are 
health insurance and med medical costs and things like that, sometimes mm -hmm. we can use a strategy where we can hire a spouse to work in our business and we can pay that spouse through those medical expenses and not actually have to put them on payroll and pay all the payroll taxes and stuff. But it gets us a way to move that from an after-tax non-deductible area to possibly a pre-tax deductible area within our business. I also look at, is there somebody in your family that maybe you're helping to support? Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a an adult child who's come home to roost. Or maybe it's a younger child even. And is there some way that we might be able to that child or parent or whoever in your business and take that from another after-tax deduction you're giving them the money anyhow can we move it into a pre-tax deduction and deduct it through your business other than that I look to make sure they're maximizing their auto deduction for their miles and other expenses relating to their vehicle we look to make sure they're keeping good records and maximizing their meals and entertainment deduction uh, do they qualify for business use of home there's so many little strategies like this that they may not be a whole lot of money any one strategy, but you start combining them and they start adding up significantly on a tax return. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How about pensions and retirement plans? What effect does that have on small businesses? That can have another huge effect on small businesses. Uh, I like to find out what is the business owner's top five goals over the next, say, two to five years. And based on what those goals are, then we look and see where retirement planning is. Hopefully they show up on that list of goals. And then we're able to take some pre-tax money again and move it off into a retirement plan, which also equates to another nice tax write-off. Now, that one does cost them some money because it's generally not money that they're already spending. So I, I kind of look at that one after we've looked at the things, the areas where they're currently spending their money. But retirement planning is another big area where I've been able to save quite a bit of money for my clients. Yeah, fantastic. And can you give us an example? Like when you think of the work that you've done for clients over the years, uh, is there any one or two particular clients? And you don't, I'm sure it might not be okay for you to mention specific names, but any uh, situations you can think about where you were able to come in and really do a lot of good and help that client. Oh, my most favorite one was my very first plan that I ever did was a client who came to me with a sales tax problem. He had another state trying to collect some sales tax from him, and he had never even set foot in that state, let alone done business in that state. Hmm. And so in the course of getting him out of trouble on that sales tax audit, I had to request copies of his last couple years' tax returns. And when I saw them, I about had a heart attack at how much tax he had paid. And so he became my very first tax plan, and he has been saving on an average of thirty dollars to $34,000 a year on tax savings, and he is very self-disciplined. So he's taken that money that he would normally have paid in on his estimated payments, and he put that money away. Since then, he has purchased a commercial building, and he will have it paid for in the next couple years all through his tax planning savings. Wow. So he's pretty happy yeah. camper. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that client, from the work you're able to do with them, give them a commercial building, in effect. Yes. Yeah. yeah Courtesy of the IRS. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. And yes. what? Um, and what do you find, Diane, is the biggest overlooked tax deduction that business owners could be claiming but they're not? Probably the, the biggest deduction would be going back to the entity types. 
because mm -hmm. I see so many businesses that are operating as a sole proprietorship and they're overpaying their self-employment tax here in the in the US in addition to income tax we also get to pay self-employment tax on our profit of our business well that self-employment tax is an additional 15.3 percent in tax over and above the income tax that we're paying so if I can help move them into an entity type that works better for them and is able to shelter some income from self-employment tax that becomes huge that is huge that makes a big big difference and so th those are listening to this right now and they're, they're got their own business and they're thinking you know what I'm not sure if the person I'm working with right now is giving me all the benefits I could be getting, all the tax savings I could be giving, getting legal tax deductions. So for those that are thinking that right now, what is it that they need to look for when they're looking to work with a tax coach or a, a tax agent? Well, first of all, they want to find somebody who's somewhat entrepreneurial, just like they are. Out on my website, there is a little report that says something to the effect of how choosing an accountant is a lot like dating. And we kind of have used that little um, saying as a way to kind of find out, does this accountant fit well for you? Most accountants are kind of boring in that they tend to just want to look at the historical numbers and they're not real good about being proactive and helping you plan for the future. So you want an accountant who will help you plan for the future and generally the accountants that have been trained to do that well have the letters CTC behind their name which stands for Certified Tax Coach. And so I am one of that group. There's about 400 of them across the United States. But in my business, as a result of my writing my books and all the interviews and stuff I do, I now work nationwide. So I have clients from Rhode Island all the way to Hawaii. So I'm available if anybody you know, wants some more information or if they just have a question. You know, I'm always happy to share information with, for, with people. Yeah, great. That's great. And, and 400 CTCs, that's, that's not a lot nationwide. So No. Diane, any final thoughts or insights you wanted to give our listeners today? I think most people aren't aware of what they don't know. And I think the saying is we don't know what we don't know. And so much of that falls in the area of their income taxes. They just blindly pay them. And it's really worth checking it out, getting a little more information, listening to a few more podcast interviews, reading a book, doing something to start getting yourself educated so that you you at least know the questions to ask. Because if you don't know the questions to ask, you just continue doing the same thing that you've been doing over the years and you're continuing to overpay your taxes potentially. Hmm. So here again, I'm just going to pop in and say I, I do love to offer a free tax analysis to anyone who might be wondering, am I overpaying my taxes? You send me a message through my website. I'm happy to do that just because I want people to start thinking. I want them to start getting educated and realize that they have choices. They can plan their way to a lower tax liability. Yeah, fantastic. And the, the website you can go to again to read more and learn more about what Diane does and get the report that Diane was talking about and con get in contact with Diane, the website, again, you can go to is taxcoachforyou.com. That's T A X C. O-A-C-H, the number four, Y-O-U dot com. 
All right, Diane, I so much appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us today and sharing these insights with us because I know they're so important. Like you said, that example that you gave of that client, how much extra in tax he was paying, I think there's a lot of people out there that are paying unnecessary taxes because of, as you mentioned, the wrong business entity or legal tax deductions that they're unaware of. And that can have that can have a really big impact. Sometimes it may even have the difference between uh, having a business that actually can continue and be profitable and one that actually folds over. I highly encourage everyone, if you're not overly happy with the tax person you're working with or if you're not sure that your taxes are fully in order, then I highly encourage you to learn more from someone like Diane. Again, Diane uh, is available and someone that um, you can work with. So again, thank you so much, Diane, for being on the podcast with us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. One more just quick little thing. If they hop out on my website, I offer a free copy of one of my books called The 10 Most Expensive Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. And in there, we just touch on all these different little topics that you and I were just visiting about. But we're happy to mail out copies of those books to anybody who wants a little bit more information. Okay, fantastic. Thanks again. Thank you, Diane. And thank you, everyone, for being here today with us on the podcast. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you got a lot out of it. As a way of saying thank you for being a loyal listener, I've got a very special gift for you, an exclusive report where I reveal all the tools and services I use every day in my online businesses, including the sites I use to get targeted traffic at literally pennies per click. It's ready for you to download right now. To get free immediate access to my online business resource report, head on over to johnslikes.com forward slash podcast. This is John Lagadaka signing off. I'll see you all next time.